Welcome! I'm Yuan Nielsen. And I'm Lincoln Murphy. And this is Impact Weekly. We're here to help you make your customers successful. Each week, we answer your most pressing customer success management questions by relying on our years of experience with companies around the world. Let's get this going. Hey, welcome back to Impact Weekly. So, another question to discuss in the world of customer success. Great to have you. Let's get into this week's topic. I think it's coming up a lot right now, and I think it's uh, something a lot of companies are considering and discussing, and we know for sure that this comes up a lot in the customer success community. Uh, we are, at the moment, we're doing a head of customer success training, and uh, we, we actually discussed this quite recently. So this is the question. My company has recently switched focus from growth to profit, and with that came a lot of questions on efficiency. Uh, there is now discussions on measuring ARR per employee, and how do I, as head of CS, head of customer success, how do I manage or navigate in this? new environment yep we're we're definitely seeing that a lot we're seeing just a move towards efficiency metrics like you said in our head of customer success training just in the last six months we've seen a movement away from maybe a, a north star metric being net revenue retention to something like arr per employee or you see the rule of 40 or you see some other efficiency metric as being the, the primary focus. So it's interesting. The reasons for that are, I think there's different market conditions, yeah. uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty with funding. Right. Yeah. So companies don't know when, where their next round of funding is going to come from. Mm. So they need to operate more efficiently with the money that they have in the bank. So yeah, the pressure is on to be more efficient. I mean, I think this is an interesting question with a yes. very specific, the ARR yeah. per employee right. metric. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and, and of course, I, I don't know how common it is, but it's, of course, some type of metric. But if you, in a worst case scenario, you could say that, like, we, we okay, we reduce our headcount by 50% and our ARR went down with 45%. So we actually improved that metric. Should We're we winning. celebrate? <laughs> Absolutely. That is wins all around on that one. Yeah. No, as so yeah. I think, especially from a customer success point of view, I think we'd be need to be very careful with the, these type of metrics to see what kind of behavior did this will drive. And so I think it's an important question to bring up. And I think actually we have a new, I have a new t-shirt on today that says customer success is not a cost center, but a growth center. So I think that's like the key thing here that if, when you talk, when you start talking efficiency, your mind usually goes to costs and how can we reduce costs? And I think that's really a dangerous path to go down if you do that with your customer success team. Yeah. I mean, there's, this is interesting because as we were talking about this before we started recording, we were just thinking about all of the different ways that we can make things more efficient in customer success. And we've had this realization that, wait a minute, that's been our focus all along. I think we're always trying to figure out how to do more with the limited resources we have. But the difference is, and to your point, 
we're doing it within the context of customer success being a growth mechanism, a growth mm. driver, a, a growth center, rather than something that is just this cost center. So we look at customer success as something that's going to drive customer expansion, right? So they're going to yeah. stay longer. They're going to buy more from us while they stay mm. longer. This is what we want. Yeah. Versus customer success being just this thing that sort of maintains the status quo or protects revenue. We, we hear that kind of thing. So yeah. I think right there, you have to, you have to look at like, how do you view customer success or the customer mm. success management organization? How is it positioned internally? Yeah. I think that's a really, that's a really important thing to, to not skip over in this discussion. No. So back to this metric ARR per employee, our view is of course that the way to improve that is is absolutely on on the ARR side. So look on how can and and we know this customer success can have a huge impact on the ARR, both of course by uh, yeah minimizing uh, customers leaving us, churning from us, and contracting from us. Uh, but but also as as you say, like how can we expand and continue expanding with the customers? I think that's uh, of course our view here, but. Maybe also, I think we should maybe mention this, that especially in these times, someone comes in, maybe there is, they, the funding has been cut. There's a lot of pressure on the company to become profitable. And that's, I think that's also, you can sense that from the question here, that maybe there's some pressure and they are looking for quick financial gains here. And I think that's also something that customer success, and I would say like general business is, it's working with customers is, it's not an immediate quick fix type of thing. It's the long term here that makes the big difference. And I think that's also something we need to help this person asking the question to, yeah, inform or talk to their manager in the right way. Maybe. <laughs> yes. No, but you bring up a good point. If I really wanted to increase ARR per employee, I could just have this amazing campaign where I go out and try to land any customer I can and just bring in as much revenue as I can, mm -hmm. regardless of whether the customer is a good fit, regardless of whatever discounts I had to do to get them in the door. We can do things that have a short-term impact. The other thing I could do is, the example you gave earlier, is I could lay off a bunch of people and now I have the same amount of revenue and I have fewer employees. The problem is in both of those scenarios, at some point, sooner probably rather than later, you will end up with less revenue yeah. because you're bringing in bad fit customers that are going to churn out. You're bringing in bad fit customers that take up resources. So your CSMs are not going to be able to work with the customers that have success potential. Yeah. They're going to be spending their time with bad fit customers. They're probably going to burn out in the process. So some of them will leave. Now yeah. we have less, even less headcount. That's great. And this whole negative cycle by yeah. doing these things that to your point are short-sighted and will have potentially short-term quote unquote, positive impact, but, but long-term, and I don't even think it has to be, it's not even going to be that long-term, mm. the negative impact of those actions are going to come back to bite us. Yeah. And I think we can do something different. We can take a different approach and we can try to understand that if we're here to make our customers successful and successful customers expand over time, even in uncertain times, there's going to still be a cohort perhaps a sizable cohort of your customers that are ready, willing, and able to buy more. Mm. You need to be aware of that and you need to operationalize around that and plan for it. 
and also make sure that your customers are using what they already bought. So to your point about contraction, so that's not happening at renewal. And so we need to be making sure that we're doing customer success, which is what we've been doing all along. And, but I do think we need to be aware of some of the things that either are being done potentially to try to alleviate this, like we said, just bringing in all sorts of customers, or we could use this time to actually start to advocate for sales to maybe bring in customers that are only a good fit, that only have success potential. This would be the time, we talk about it all the time. Can we go back to sales and say, hey, this is what a bad fit customer looks like. Could you not bring in any more of those? Mm. And a lot of times that's probably going to be met with some resistance because we're basically saying, don't do your job. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying these customers are going to be a drag on growth. Yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to help us. They'll probably end up hurting us if for no other reason, then they'll probably leave a bad review on their way out. Yeah. Right. Forget about the fact that we didn't pay back what it costs to acquire them yeah. and, and all oh, that. Man. Oh, that's, we want to avoid that anyway. But in a time like this where we're being guided towards being more efficient, I was going to say forced, but we're, yeah. they want us to be more efficient. Now would be the time to go back and start advocating for sales to only bring in customers that are, that have success potential. You could really use this lever of efficiency to try to get that versus in other times that might just, again, be met with a lot of resistance. It might not be now as a head of customer success, you could use this time to actually perhaps get some of the things done that you've wanted to get done in, in, in better times. And now would be absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think all these short term, like it's also, yeah, of course, bringing in the bad fit customers, but it's also, as you said, if you have customers that have not seen success already with your product and you do some quick pushes to upgrade them or to sell some add-on or tried anything like that, just to, to, yeah. So all these short term things will really backfire in customer success almost always. So that's, I think, a dangerous path to go down. I think another thing is to bring out other potential issues here when you set focus on efficiency. We also seen sometimes where, yeah, organizations try to motivate the leadership team with vanity metrics like they, or they get, or maybe they even get asked to do some like more like doing a lot of meetings every week. And that's the core metric. And there's a lot of other things that can go on. That's not, uh, not going to help us either. Yeah. Literally, I've run into situations, uh, at least two that I can think of just in the last couple of weeks, where a head of customer success has said, in an effort to justify headcount, we have enacted a mandate for our CSMs to have, I think in those two examples, it was like 30 to 40 meetings, 30 to 40 customer meetings per month, Mm -hmm. and said, okay. Is that it though? Is that tied to any sort of outcome? Is that tied to, no, it's just to prove that our CSMs are needed. It's to prove that that they're doing work. That's just not, that, that, that's not an efficiency metric that really proves nothing. And I I think that's probably going to be seen as in some way, just a meaningless metric when presented to management because it, it is. It doesn't mean anything. So we want to, that said, I understand the motivation. I understand yeah, the motivation of, of a head of customer success 
who is perhaps panicking a little bit at the mm. thought of having headcount reduced. But that's why we need real capacity planning and yeah. a real understanding of our customers' appropriate experience and their different appropriate experiences that are that exist across the different lifecycle stages mm. so that we can put together a, a capacity plan that says, this is how many person hours are required to, to deliver the appropriate experience to our customer across their life cycle. And this is how many customers we're working within the various life cycle stages currently. And this is how many CSMs we have. And maybe we have onboarding specialists and whatever. And like, this is the headcount we need right. simply to deliver the appropriate experience to our customers. Yeah. Um, if you can't make that argument, if you can't bring that data, if you can't bring that really auditable report. So like something that they could look at and then dissect if they wanted to see how, so you could show your work. Mm. If you can't bring that and you're just bringing what amount to vanity metrics or something that, that isn't real meaningful, it's just, you're going to have a hard time getting them to say anything other than, yeah, we're going to go ahead and slash your head yeah. count. <laughs> oh, man. If you can prove if, look, here's what we need in order to deliver the appropriate experience. If you take away those resources, we cannot deliver the appropriate experience to our customers. Right. Which means we will see more churn. Yes. We will absolutely see more contraction. Mm. Okay. Which is a lot. Customers who are, have already been using your product, it's just harder for them to churn completely, mm. but it's nothing to right-size their account. It's nothing to reduce what they bought, especially if they're not using everything. And we will absolutely see less expansion. Everything's a trade-off. If you want me to reduce headcount, that's what happens. No, I think this is a huge point, and we, we will come back to that a little bit later as well. But, but you need to tell this story uh, with data to your, your management team, how basically your team as it is, or if they are asking to reduce it, what the implications will be from, for, for doing that. So I think that's... that's uh, a big part of answering this question. And we'll get, come back to that. But I think also another thing we should touch on here is because efficiency, we, we, we do this a lot with Impact Academy. We do, we want all the customer success teams that we go, that go through Impact Academy to be really highly efficient in their work. It's a lot more stimulating as a customer success manager and as a head of customer success, your, the team's success is your success. So you want them to be highly efficient. So I think this is, this is a topic that's great. And I think you always should look at that, but it's not about reducing the team. It's about getting more output or actually more impact from the team. And, and I think we can bring a few ideas to the table here. I think a thing we talk a lot about is, is we talk about this low percentage activities versus high, high percentage activities. And I think that's something uh, that you can really, you can, that can make a lot of difference in efficiency. Yeah. And so the example we usually give with low percentage activities are things where we're spending time working with bad fit customers. Yeah. These are customers that no matter what we do, they don't have success potential with us. So really we're, we're wasting resources. And let's be very clear. When we say re wasting resources, we're, we're primarily talking about the time of the humans that work for us. And that's something you can't get back, right? That is the most expensive resource we have. And so we're wasting it on customers that, that have no success potential. The other one that we tend to talk about is chasing customers that are on the way out. Yeah. And a lot of companies, unfortunately, still spend far too many resources chasing customers that, that are not just at risk, but that they're gone. 
and trying mm. to win them back and stuff. And mm. so let's move our efforts further upstream to make sure that our customers yeah. don't get to that point in the first place. Really focusing on, on high percentage activities, which simply means the effort that we put into it is it has a higher percentage of delivering the positive output that we would like. You can analyze all of your different activities and say, all right, here off the top of our, off the top of my head, when I look at this, here are the three things that we probably shouldn't be doing, what those are. Yeah. I guarantee you already have that in your mind. You just need to identify those and probably carve those out somehow. And that's going to give you that efficiency boost. Absolutely. And, and this comes a little bit back to capacity planning, but it's also to make your meetings more efficient. Like your example there with doing 40 or 30 meetings a month. Yeah, what, what, what's the outcome of those? And we, there's a lot that goes into having efficient meetings in preparations, in the actual meeting, if it's a business review or if it's just a check-in or whatever you call it. There is a lot to be done there where we see a lot of customer success managers sitting in on meetings that actually don't change anything or move the needle at all. So I think that's also an area of it where you can really boost efficiency by being more prepared, by being more assertive, by being by also demanding more from the customer in that meeting to be prepared. Otherwise, you reschedule. So there's a lot of things also around that where you, as a customer success manager, can do a lot to improve yeah, efficiency and also the outcomes of these uh, calls, meetings, business reviews you have. So when we talk about capacity planning, first of all, do a capacity baseline. Like, here's how many person hours it takes to deliver the appropriate experience to our customers right now. Then we can go through that efficiency exercise and look yeah. at making, make, making meetings the most more efficient than they, than they are. Now remember, meetings, because they are one-on-one -on -one, or at least one-to-many maybe with our a team from our customer side, but they're requiring uh, synchronous engagement from your CSM, they are very expensive. Mm. So if we're thinking in, in, in those terms. And so what can we do to get the most out of that? First of all, not every meeting is required. Not every yeah. meeting that our CSMs are having right now is, are actually required. So that's the first thing, are the meetings actually yeah. required. But there's going to be at least some subset of customers for whom these meetings are required. That's part of their appropriate experience. We, we can't get rid of the meetings. If we did, we would deliver an inappropriate experience and they wouldn't feel successful. Okay, so the meeting has to happen. But what's in the meeting doesn't have to be what's in what's currently in the meeting. So we would take a look at that and figure out, hey, some of this stuff can be offloaded to async channels. Mm -hmm. We could do videos. We could do other training programs. We could do whatever. Some of it could be totally self-service. And then now we have the meeting itself being much more efficient. Maybe it doesn't have to be an hour. It could be 30 minutes. But it, it's using the time of the CSM uh, and the customer, frankly, mm -hmm. wisely and making sure that it is just what it needs to be and nothing more. And so we talk a lot about meeting efficiency because it is the most expensive aspect of, of what we do with our customers. Anything we can do to speak out efficiencies there without disturbing the customer's appropriate experience exactly. is great. And I think we, that's the thing about appropriate experience that we need to know. What does our customer actually require in order to feel successful? We have to understand what that is so that we can... We can deliver that. And that's what we talk about in Fact Academy. We talk about appropriate experience-based segmentation. So literally segmenting your customers, not mm. on what they pay us, mm. but on, on their shared appropriate experience and then putting the right people in the right place 
working with the correct uh, segment that, that has an appropriate experience that sort of matches the CSM's experience. If we have a group of customers that share an appropriate experience that is more, it's more synchronous, it's maybe more consultative, then we would take our CSMs that, that, that thrive in that type of environment and we would put them with those customers. And, and then we have customers that share an appropriate experience that's much, very much like self-service, some asynchronous and inbound, just waiting for the customer to come to us if they need us. We put our CSMs that thrive in that environment with those customers. And now yeah. we're delivering the customer's appropriate experience and we're able to do that at scale. And just to tie that into what we're talking about here, if I have a customer that pays me a lot, what we might say, it's an enterprise customer that pays us a whole lot, but that customer has the experience and they have the, the expertise internally. They don't really need us. Right now, chances are you have at least one dedicated CSM to that customer, spending a lot of time on that customer, trying to have as many meetings as possible because they pay us a lot. Because they fit into some ARR segmentation model. That's the more they pay us, the more they get. But if we look at appropriate experience, that customer and maybe several others that pay us a lot would have an appropriate experience that looks very much like what we currently think of as low touch or tech yeah. touch. Yeah. So we could take that customer that pays us a lot, give them their appropriate experience and turn them into an incredibly profitable customer an incredibly efficient customer because we're not trying to over deliver to them. Yeah. AX based segmentation allows you to simply deliver the customer's appropriate experience, not exactly. over deliver. A lot of our inefficiency uh, comes from just trying to over deliver when if we would simply deliver, we would be in a much better place. Yeah. Start deliver. Start deliver. There you we go. That's yeah, it. no, but and we on our onboarding program, I think we I think this is also very relevant because there is a lot of inefficiency in the onboarding where we also there can do a lot to have customized the onboarding based on AX as well, the appropriate experience, because there's going to be several different expect, expected experiences out there. And if we standardize that too much, it's going to be quite heavy, clumsy process that doesn't really fit anyone. There, there's also not only on the, you start with the customer, but I think you can also look at it on for all your processes to, to have that type of segmentation in mind. Like I said, we talk about appropriate experience-based segmentation all the time. That has always been a way to, to have a more efficient operation. It's just now we're seeing more of a more pressure mm. to be efficient. And yes. now's the time even more like if you exactly. wanted to do AX based segmentation, but you've had, you've met, it's been met with resistance. Now might be the time to re-examine that and bring yeah. it up because it's going to help you be a have a much more efficient operation. Before we wrap up one more thing on efficiency, back to the question here, maybe this person was promised a few more people to the team. Now things are focused on profit, no more recruitment, no more new people coming in. So we need to be really careful on the people we have and what they spend their time on. And I also see sometimes that the teams, the resources in customer success is not used for customer success. It's sometimes like a dumping ground where people, the other teams, they add things to the customer success team to do. It can be helping sales out. It can be writing product guides. It can be acting as support. It, it's easy 
to move things into this team because they're great usually and they know a lot of things and they're very close to the customers and they're usually super people. But we need to be careful here. And I think this is also where uh, a way to find efficiency. I mean, as head of customer success, your job is to create an environment where your CSMs are going to thrive. And by allowing other departments to just keep pushing stuff onto the team, you are not fulfilling that part of your role. So as head of customer success, you need to advocate for your team. And so we need to go to mm. the other departments that are pushing these things on us or, or maybe even to somebody that's above everybody else to say, look, um, our CSMs are currently doing these three things that have nothing to do with what we should actually be doing. So we're at a little bit of an impasse here. Something's got to give. Either we stop yeah. doing those things or I'm going to need more headcount or at least to maintain the headcount that I have. And you're wanting to take away some of our headcount. So something's got to give. You need to be able to advocate for your organization, for your team, really for your customers too, because all mm. of this is going to impact their success, which by yes. the way, will impact our company. Mm. So you need to be able to make that argument. Capacity planning is a really big deal there. You can include in your capacity planning to do a baseline right now. Like here are things that are outside the scope of what we believe CS should be doing. And here's the person hours that are being spent on that. So now you have data to go back to those teams or to your CRO or CCO mm. or CEO or whoever is over everything to say, look, here's what's, here's the reality on the ground right now. What do we want to do with this? If yeah. we start taking cuts from here, this is going to be fine. It's not going to affect our customer outcomes. If we, if we keep those things and we make cuts over here though, mm. that's going to impact our ability to deliver an appropriate experience. And that's going to be a problem. That's huge. You're right. That, that CS as a dumping ground for a yeah. lot of things that <clears throat> are outside the scope of what they should be doing is a very and real it, issue. It all adds up, right? So I think there's, Absolutely. if you, there's, 15, 10, 10, 15 minutes per person per day, per week, it adds up. And this is all, speaking about efficiency. I think here you have also a lot to, to gain. But let's, let's wrap it up. So what are our three main takeaways from this episode? So I'll start off. So number one here, avoid this efficiency trap that customer success is a cost center. It's not, it's a growth center. So I think that's the number one thing here. Absolutely. Number two is, Focus on higher percentage activities. Just we, we can't spend a lot of time and effort and energy working on things that, that aren't going to have the outcome that we want. We said this before, but this is number three, and this is important. Bring data to your manager. Uh, basically link how ARR is going to be impacted and how you build that with your capacity planning and your capacity plan. So that's our three things. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and see you back next week. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want to bring your customer success to the next level? Check out Impact Academy. We have training programs for customer success managers and for leaders in customer success.